You're listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. How many of you are? Are you ready? about ram it's one of my i don't know it's become one of my favorite solo beetle albums um just to um break down what it is i mean for those who don't really know what the album is it's uh it's not paul's first solo album it would technically be a second uh post the beatles um and it wasn't really received very well when it first came out so uh, I know if you look up the album, like nowadays, you'll see a lot of like, you know, YouTube videos talking about it. A lot of modern reviewers kind of grasping it better and and not having as much like um, celebrity drama, you know, wrapped into, I guess, their perception of him and, and the work itself. Um, and now it's more, now it's just seen for what it is rather than like, you know, instead of like when Kanye comes out with a new album, you're also going to be talking about his family drama because <laughs> that's just what he's wrapped in. You know, he's I mean, the Kardashians right. and whatever else is going on in his world. You'll remember it as, you know, remember that season or that era of Kanye where like he released this album, but then this crap was happening to you. It's like just like with this, when this came out or when McCartney came out, uh, the, his first solo album, it was like... Uh, yeah, I just imagine certain people couldn't look past what the papers were saying. And since he was the one that officially, like on paper and in the media's eyes, triggered the Beatles breakup, like legally, um, he was seen as the bad guy. So you also have this, you know, uh, obsessive nature of people watching him. And then they, and then you start to see the media skew it to make it more profitable, make it more interesting. And, uh, and it affected him, and so and then when and it, through the reviews too, because it's a great composition. Like, like I said, it's it's become one of my favorite albums because I didn't realize really what it was. Like even when I listened to it, I was like, like the first time, I was like, yeah, it was good, but like, and I, I'm going to say something that I've read and I've seen on a documentary before about McCartney in this era. Is it to me? It was it, I don't know what it was, but I approached it looking for like another let it be or looking for another long and winding road or you know yesterday you just have these expectations of like this is the guy you know this is the guy who's like not done it all just by himself of course he had a team and a great producer but the foundation of these compositions came from him you know and so you just like you have this grand expectation and uh and then you also have this assumption of like was it the rest of the group that really made what we perceived to be him and so when you listen to this album, you know, you try and find those those deep tracks or like something and it's not built the same. It's not built kind of that way to be like this super serious piece of work. I mean, it is a serious piece of work, but in like his own fashion. And that's what makes it like independent is all these songs weren't written to, you know, make someone rethink things or make someone, you know, be super critical. It's more like just a 
a statement just about something. <laughs> that's, that's kind of it. It's kind of like the Seinfeld of albums. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an album about nothing, but also being about something. It's like there's nonsense stuff. There's familial, you know, domestic uh, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, stories and patterns and interactions. Uh, but it's it. That's what makes it like an indie or an indie pop album, is it doesn't have really an audience. <laughs> like it's yeah. not really built to like get. A certain crowd and uh that's why i think it was you know not really received well because of the drama and just it being a little different and built differently and just i don't know i think also there is uh this idea of who paul was like being like this big celebrity and so i think he also wanted to strip himself away from all that and move away to the mole of kintyre in scotland and 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 i think mccartney was like a glimpse into that like in the like this is what my sound kind of comes from. And this is some of the, some of the stuff that I would sing about, whether it's nonsense or not. It's just like, you understand like what, what I'm emitting, like what my, my, my life or my vibe is like about. And I feel like Ram is a more astute, like, like, no, no, this is really me. Like mm -hmm. take away all the pop and the frills and the, and uh, what other people are telling you I am or what other people are just giving me that has become who I am, you know, whatever. Instead, this is everything that I choose to be. You know, this is like I'm out. I'm only with the family. I'm in the farm. And it's just us. Like, it's just this is life. It's you've peeled back the, the layers of complication that has now, you know, seeped into his life. And and I don't know that this album just radiates that like that free feeling or whatever. Um, yeah, it's interesting to me looking back at, you know, being that I grew up uh, in the period when the album was released and I was listening to music at that time, being in it was 71, 72, 73. And, um, and when I hear it referred to as the, the beginnings or the genesis of pop indie music, and I'm like, well, it's interesting to look back and say it's like that, but... Paul wasn't trying to create, I don't think, another genre. He wasn't trying to start a new movement. He was, he was like you just said, he was experiencing the changes that came from the Beatles splitting up. It was like a, it was like a very bad divorce of of a of a of a group that had really come to rely on each other, and had become so tightly wound up that they got too wound up. I think, mm. and. Um, and so it was hard for them all to extract themselves from what had become the Beatles. And and Paul is just trying to work his way through the muck and the mire of it. And like you said, McCartney, that was his way almost to me. Uh, the simplicity of McCartney is like, I don't really feel like doing a whole lot. I just kind of want to just make some music. And, and, you know, in the process, he throws out, maybe I'm amazed. Or, <laughs> And it's like, okay, well, he managed to make some good songs, but you also listen to that album, and it's like, he's just kind of, you know, pittering, puttering, puttering, puttering around. And, and he kind of says that eventually. He says that he did that because he had so much, like, momentum, like inertia behind him to get stuff out and really put in the work, but the heart wasn't in it because the rest mm -hmm, of the group was mm -hmm. just so... Um, there was, was so just, much going on. Yeah, it was such a disparaging yeah. like nature that he just never he could never dial back in. But he no. could in his own little time, and so that's what he did. That's what McCartney was. Were just these little, just get it out. I just want to get yeah, it. Yeah, just just kind of bits and pieces of things. Yeah, because you listen to some of it, and you you I don't know. 
you know if that like half that album i feel like if, if it was introduced while the beatles were still healthy or introduced where he had a really strong professional relationship that somehow you know differentiated george martin from like apple oh, they wouldn't have or done from production it, yeah. work like if he if they worked together on like half that album it would have been great like yeah there was parts that were great yeah like, which is that's mccartney Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. when you look at his career, he he when he's great, he's really good. Oh yeah. But when he's not, it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. Okay. But Ram, like you said, is I think he's saying, okay, now I'm going to show you what I can really do by myself. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. Well, I'm I also think show it's you. like he feels good. Yeah. Again, like the he's, Beatles are done now. He it's understands. Like, yes, it's over, and and now I'm going to say what I want to say and I'm going to make a few comments about John and whoever else I feel like talking about. But I'm also going to show you that I can I can make music by myself. I don't have to have him or them or and I think that's what hurt him when the reviews come out because it because financially it did well. It it did well in the record sales, it did well. Yeah. Uh but but uh critically wise, I mean with with music magazines and uh, critics and people that his peers, they they attacked it left and right and tore mm. it to shreds and yeah um, and really basically said what was that you know what I mean yeah it's almost like you spend all day making a dinner and then everybody's like eh, it really wasn't all that great yeah you know and well, like, yeah some of the reviews are brutal brutal like, they make it sound like he was he was keeping beat with his foot and playing a kazoo while trying to sing out the other side of his mouth. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, what are these? Yeah, one review weird... said, it's like watching <laughs> someone juggle five guitars just because you can do it. Why do you want to keep doing it? You know, it's like, wow. I mean, but I remember again, I go back to my experiences being a kid. To me, it's kind of similar to like, you know, being there when Star Wars first came out or something. Mm. In other words, you're, you're there when the thing is brand new. No one's ever heard anything of this. No one's ever listened to it before. And I remember listening to Ram and I was, you know, I just liked music as a kid and I listened to it all the time. But I remember thinking, well, I like it. I mean, I, I liked the way it was arranged. I liked the the, the sound of it. I liked the... Well, the I, I also think, though, the the pop ear or the, the rock ear, like both areas that Paul would come from or whatever that you would expect them to sprout from, they were all starting to get harder. They were all starting yeah. to to lean into, I mean, like, I think this came out in 71. So mm -hmm. like Zeppelin two was like already like at the height, like it was already, it was like exploding. It might've been out for a good while. I think at that point, um, actually Zeppelin three might almost be almost on the come up. Oh, things were definitely changing. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's what people were kind of expecting. Like, well, where's your, where's, where's your, where's your teeth at? Where's your bite at? Where's the, evolution at and some of the evolution of this album it's kind of retro it, it goes the he goes the other way mm -hmm. he de he ste steeps into like jazzy stuff bebop stuff uh uh crooner kind of stuff more folky stuff right and you see him laying the foundation for what he was going to do with wings which is to be be very pop uh that pop beat or oriented songs that he's so good at doing when he can when he makes a great song a great hit a great pop single mm. but that music is um more uh like you said it's not deep track it's not philosophical it's not beatle-ish in that sense that 
He's not trying to do something mysterious and, you know, can you figure this out? He's just, yeah. he's just doing it to be funny, to be, to, to make an interesting song or a nice melody or beat. And, and I, that's what I think when I've been listening to it just recently, um, just to go over it again and refresh my memory. I'm like, this is, I mean, there's stuff in there that is like thinking, really? So you're telling me that in 71, how many people were making that who were doing that? Some of the things he did, they were, he was, he was doing some incredible stuff, but, it, but because of the whole thing with the Beatles, like you said, because it was just all kinds of attitudes and issues and everybody wanted to reflect on the, you know, the, the big rift between him and supposedly and Lennon and the, and, and uh, Ringo and George and, you know, and, and it, I think that overshadowed, uh, what what he was trying to do musically, yeah, and I think he was just saying, "Look, I'm just I'm going to go on, right? I'm not going to try to do what we've already done. Yeah. I'm going to just do what I want to do, and and I'm okay with that." And I think that people weren't, you know, what I mean, they yeah. didn't want to let go of the fact that they were the Beatles, and so no, well, and I think it's a big uh, moment or symbol of um, of his character at the time to include to want to to want to genuinely include Linda in all of it. Like it wasn't just like come along or like John and Yoko stuff where it's like you expect Paul to do a majority of, I mean, she's like harmonizing. She, they eventually, you know, she's on the piano and, and synthesizers and keys for wings and stuff like that. But it, it's just, it, to me, it proves more like he really wanted to, I don't know, just focus on stuff that was really real and not just like, all these fancy things that they had become accustomed to. Like, I just felt like he was really not taken with that. Like, and then when, when people were, were, or at least at a, at a time, he, I, you know, I'm sure they were like soaking up the limelight and then it got to this point where they were just exhausted. Like, that's what it feels like that by the time this was out, he was exhausted from the fandom. He was exhausted from the, the work itself and the relationship that was involved in getting the work done. And then now he had a genuine path to start again. And then he chose to genuinely do it with his partner. Like, I just, I don't know. That's like, that's just really cool. Like to me, like as a, um, a relationship centric person and as a married person as well, like, it's just, it's just really nice because I mean, in the, in the book, I have a little archive edition of this album. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, breakdowns of, you know, what was going through their mind at the time that Paul talks about. And it's just so genuinely like pure like it's just like a normal life with a hyper musical person that wants to get you know get his get his work out in a very casual um healthy way like it's not like we're trying to make every corner of the music world happy with this it's not i just know i can afford to do this and we're going to have the chance to do it and i don't know it's just awesome because it, it doesn't feel that's why i think i like this album particularly is it almost does have this um hip nature to it where it doesn't really care what you think yeah in that sense i agree it, it is independent yeah it is, and that's what it really it's independent yeah. and it, in a sense yes i can see that being the that uh what we see happening all the time now where people just put out albums and they don't care about what people think about it they're going to make it 
the way they want to make it. They're going to make it. They're going to have the sound they want to have. And then they have an, a niche audience for that and sound, have an, maybe. Uh, audience. Because right. you just don't know. And you I think know. that's what's so phenomenal about this album. There's a ton of shitty albums out there. <laughs> There's a ton of crappy albums that are just like, what were they thinking? Or it was an album just put out to meet a contract and they had one single that was really good. Yeah, the he rest wasn't of it. doing that. No, he, he wanted to have... I mean, also they were. He just pumps it out. He just pumps out so much stuff. I mean, there's like another album worth of bonus stuff that they never released mm -hmm. for it. That yeah, I at least like half of that stuff. He's being creative again. Yeah, and, and I mean, they even he even redoes the album a few years later underneath the the fake name, the ghostwriter name, uh, Percival Drillington, and mm -hmm. does the orchestra version mm -hmm. of it. And he works it all out with the guy with the, the I'm forgetting his name, but the guy that he worked with in Abbey Roads to do arrangements and and like that's just crazy like he it's just there's so much life and and it just feels like he was really ready to to pump it out because it's almost like he 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 knew that was always in him and he, and he showed it to the world and proved it to himself through the action through the beatles and then i'm sure when epstein was out of the picture and and he was just trying to keep people dialed in and focused on just making the music like it, the relationships were getting more complex and crazy and they were getting more famous by the minute, but I just feel like that's what this is. It's like, I want to prove that I can do it and it feels good still. Yeah. Like there's no, like, I, I, it's like, he's just, he's over the drama and he just wants to talk about something that he's talking about right now. Like I, you know, it's like almost like someone back from the old day that you used to talk about all these, you know, conspiracy theories or like something that is just like, it's a lot to talk about. And then you're catching up and you're focused on like, you know, this little project you're working at at home and you're trying to tell them about this cabinet you're installing. They're trying to talk about all these mm -hmm. big things. You're like, well, man, I don't really talk about that. <laughs> I don't really think about that stuff anymore. That's what this album is like to me. It's like, well, you said he, he went to Scotland, he got away, he went on the farm, he, he got involved with Linda and they had a family and he's also dealing with depression and he's drunk all the time and he's high all the time. And he's just trying to get over all of it, you know, and, and then, and then it, when he does come out of it, it's ram in other words it's like okay well now i'm going to show you what what i've been working on thinking about and i've been creative i just haven't done anything but now i'm going to do this yeah i mean so when you look at what he does and the and the music and how it sounds and uh, his attention to detail which meant you know i mean like any well-known great artist i mean he um he knows what he's doing i mean he he shows it. I mean, he shows, look, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm just going to do what I want to do and make my music the way I want to make it. But it's about Linda. It's about life. It's about how I feel. And because he's human, he's taking some jabs, you know, here and there, and he's throwing out some stuff. But I think that was part of, I have no doubt that was part of the relationship between him and John was oh, that they yeah. always jabbed at each other and pushed each other. Well, yeah. they weren't together anymore. Yeah. So it's like talking about someone that's not there to talk back to you. Yeah, you, you still got to push that needle. Somehow. Yeah, you're still saying, I still got something to say about you. And then John's like, okay, well, I got something to say about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, but but John's way was different than Paul's. And, and Paul's, like you said, his perspective, his attitude reflects it in the, in the album, in the sound of it, the feel of it. I don't know. I mean, I, I anytime I listen to it, I, I I enjoy listening to it. It's one of those albums that I never get tired of listening to, and um, and I always hear something that you know catches my attention. Um, so I think, like I said, I mean, I think it's one of his best works. I think it's a great album, yeah. in many ways.
Yeah, in fact, I, and because I, I like this better than Wildlife, which is the first Wings album. Because mm -hmm. Wildlife, I feel like, picks up where this leads off, but it's almost like they, he's he's feeling good, and then they, he gets more people involved, and then they kind of not rush it, but maybe a little bit. Because like I think with Wildlife, they try and do it live, like they try and like learn the songs, build them, and then like perform them and capture that, and. Uh, there's just like a some some of that album I just feel like has an energy of like stress or like like pressure, like this has to be good, like this has to be really good. This one it feels more like, let's show them who we really are. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not like we gotta make sure we're we're not just presentable, but cutting edge in some kind of way. You know, we gotta we yeah, gotta I show. I think when you look at his career, this is one of those like you said, it's one of those definitive albums. It, it's it's showing you McCartney. It's showing yeah. you what he's really capable of doing, what he wants to do, what he enjoys doing. Yeah. Um, and he's, like you said, he's really creative at this point. He's, he's it's like he wants to make re music and records. He wants to produce this to show people where he's at and, and then he can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I really think that's why it hurt him so bad when he, when the reactions came from the critics, because he expected them to, at least you know like it or appreciate parts of it and yeah they trashed it and um yeah. really came back hard on him and so it would have had to have been pretty difficult for him like oh in fact think about it in all his live albums he never does anything from ram ever no and in fact i remember that was one of the first things i brought up to you when um because i bought the like new version of it on vinyl for you and whenever i got that for you for christmas or whatever um that's when i first looked into it because i was like i don't really know <laughs> i don't know no, this album he does music from all his career but he will he does not do ram now either because it's personal because it's linda, linda yeah but it's part of it but i also think it's personal because this is the one y'all trashed mm. you know and i don't i didn't forget that like you know? uh, yeah I, I could i mean i could get that because i feel like there's some songs especially with his vocal range nowadays like like smile away i feel like he could do that mm -hmm. really easily anybody could sing that song who but, knows maybe he will at the end you know what i mean yeah. meaning now he's at the end of his career his life yeah maybe he'll do it um yeah because i don't know i just get the sense like whenever you like i read what he says in the books or like hear it see little interviews or snippets or there's a little documentary about this i just get this idea where like what you're saying like he remembers that time period yeah it's not a good time for him and so he doesn't really hold on to it too tight because he doesn't he's like oh i'm, I'm glad you saw what we were going for but it's just more like but that's not going to keep the tickets or like you know the money going well, so i'm just not going to risk it it's funny like in many things nowadays where you know look at movies or something where a movie first came out in the 40s or 50s or whatever and it was not Nobody cared about it. They didn't like it. And then all of a sudden, years later, it's a classic and everybody watches it all the time. And, and everybody says it's their favorite. But when it first came out, they're like, what do we do wrong? You know, why did everybody hate that movie? Yeah. And it's the same with Ram. I just think he's like, man, this is going to be great. This is a great album. I love it. And I'm ready to, to, to let it people listen to it. And they're like, what did I do? Why are y'all attacking me? Yeah. You know, I'm sure it was a it was a hard pill to swallow. And like we were talking about, it's obvious. I mean, you know, like some artists, they will not do certain songs from periods in their career because they just yeah. choose to not, you know, bring it up. Yeah. It's too painful. It's too personal. Yeah. So I think to me, that shows what it meant to him. You know what I mean? It, it, that this album meant something to him. Mm -hmm. it, it 
it was important, yeah. you know, because it was him saying, this is me. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't do it with McCartney because I just kind of was messing around, but this is, I'm not messing around. Yeah. And, and I want it to be full blown. And so you, I mean, there's some of those, we'll talk about it. There's some songs to me there, the, the, the layers and the, and the, you know, approach and, and all that he put into it, it's equal to any Beatles song. You know, it's like, I'm doing the same thing we always did, you know, yeah. but I'm doing it. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying I don't need them. I'm just saying that was in my head. This is what I want to yeah. do. And this is how I do it. Yeah. Well, and then it's like, th- this album feels like this is a natural state, like for him or them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's no, like, we gotta be presentable. We have to have this kind of aesthetic for yeah, this album. He wasn't album. a Beatle. He wasn't, he was Paul. Yeah. Or there's not this obsessive nature with like their, uh, this tour or like this album this is our concept and aesthetic so like we that's have true. to do true. this because he we didn't tour he didn't tour with it yeah he didn't promote he only, it on yeah tour. he only played like random shows he no he never and, he never did and so uh yeah and so there's not much and then when they get into wings not wildlife because i feel like that was like beginning stages but then you get to red rose speedway and especially like band on the run and especially uh, venus and mars it's very produced there's there's a concept in mind you know and yeah and, he's developed the band by then yeah and so for this one it's just like this is like naturally me like yeah it's like the 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 freaking album cover is colored in like <laughs> it's a drawing you know that they like they they wanted to do and like it's just i don't know that's what it feels like it just feels like you you give a uh it's not this but it's just like this is more probably what mccartney would be like but it's like you give a phenomenal musician just a, you know, two track recorder and just say, you know, figure it out, you know, or like you give them a week to just like throw together some so- songs while living with their family. It's like, that's literally what this is. <laughs> it's yeah. like talking about eating at home, talking about mm-hmm. like just random things, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Well, you were ready to yeah. dive into it. Cause yeah, cause it, it starts off with uh, track one, too many people, uh, which is of course, um, some kind of subtle slight to Lennon um, and, and the beginning really of their little song battle um, of one of the early versions of a diss track, I suppose. Because <laughs> um, uh, the lines for this, you know, that would, that would, that would come across as a, a diss to Lennon would, you know, uh, too many people preaching practices, uh, people going underground because, you know, he's, uh, Lennon was starting to work with different people and go mm-hmm. uh, more do avant-garde stuff and underground um, scenes. Uh, well, it's, and it also starts off when he says he's he's not saying piece of cake; he's saying piss off cake, um, which I'm sure is just some random clever thing he they they thought was clever. Um, but I also feel like it's just like you want me to make a song that's a piece of cake, but I think it's also kind of like if you're not going to work with me just piss off like it's kind of just like the stupid you know because john also worked in in nonsense lyrical yeah nonsense. they liked nonsense they liked that lyrical nonsense and mm-hmm. so i think he knew that would that would get grab his ear you know anybody i think he thought it would be clever but i think he knew that's one of those weird eclectic lines that that Lennon would probably be like oh i like that one that's a good one and he's like let's start with that Let's just yell it out. It doesn't even have to be a part of the song. I just want to yell it out. And let's start the album that way, even better. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, when he said uh, preaching practices, don't let them tell you what you want to be. Mm, yeah. Too many people holding back. This is crazy. And baby, it's not like me. So he says, that was your last mistake. I find my love awake and waiting to be talking about Linda. Now, what can be done for you? She's waiting for me. Yeah. So almost like he's saying, here's, I'm seeing the difference, you know, yeah. that the, the, the parting of the ways and, and, you know, too many mistakes, too many issues, too many people, right? Yeah. There was, think about it. There was so much going on. There was too many people involved. There was too much happening. The world was involved. Everybody and everybody <laughs> had their say and everybody wanted their piece of the pie. Yeah. And he's like, no, it, that that's it. I've had enough. And to me, that's what the song is saying. Yeah. I've had enough. I've had enough of that because she's waiting for me. Yeah. You know, really, he's telling you this is about what my relationship now with Linda. And I also feel like when he says, I, I find my love awake and and await in waiting to be, I also feel like that's a slight to Lennon and Yoko and like their drug use. Yeah. That that when me and Linda interact, she's awake and she is like ready. <laughs> she's she's present. Yeah, you because know, I mean, yeah, and I think that's really the to me that is one of the f big feels of the album is it's a it's a, it's present. He's mm. present. He's in the present. Yeah, he's not trying to do something that's been yeah. done. He's talking about either through nonsense or just like through. He's recount. talking about what he feels right now. Yeah, what, what's right, going yeah. on with me, and at the same time, I'm taking a few shots at John because that's what he. Yeah, you know, he's got it coming. Yeah. You know, well, it's like to him, he's like, he's bruised up from his past. Yeah. Life he, and he's ready to talk about it. Yeah. And but, so he's going to talk about it and dish yeah. back a little bit. Yeah. But no, this song is great. I mean, it has a great start. It showcases like a variety of different styles, like, you know, like kind of folky. Oh, indie, guitar psychedelic. work is awesome in that song. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, well, and I really like the, the, the solo is great. It's like a bold, like guitar solo. You know, yeah. it's like, it's almost like showing off that they don't care and they're proud of what they're doing, you know? It's it's a very like unashamed kind of feel like like it's a part of that in indie feel that I feel like you know critics didn't like in the day because it's kind of like I don't know yeah but you're right band. because when you think of the beat of the song it's very different from what's happening at the time and very unbeatleish yeah because it 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 has a different beat but, to it but it has phenomenal harmonies like oh this yeah, whole album well, has really great yes harmonies. the harmonies and the back backing vocals you can tell he loves that he's. Yeah. He's trying to me, and we'll hit on it, I'm sure, throughout the album. But it's like he makes the backing vocals a, an instrument to itself. Oh, for sure, it, it becomes a part of the song. But it's he not, really nails the because it's like a lot of the rhythm guitar in this, or or any guitar that carries the melodic structures of the song. Typically, it's either going to be like kind of like a um, like a grittier kind of like early yeah, '60s, yeah, late gritty. '50s yeah, like uh, rock gritty. guitar, or it's going to be this hazy like ethereal kind of sound same mm -hmm. with the vocals the vocals are either right in your face or they're just like hazy like ah like almost like the vocals he would use when they were experimenting with stuff in sergeant pepper like uh yeah. and lovely rita just like yeah. the background like ah like or I've, white album when it's very gritty and intense right yeah which he likes to do both he, yeah he likes that and I, that's what i think makes too many people a great starter because it really is uh, captures the vibe that you'll feel throughout the whole album. Like we're gonna we're gonna talk about real things. We're gonna talk about nonsense. We're also going to be clever, but we're also gonna be simple. We're gonna use gritty stuff, but also psychedelic stuff. Um, yeah, it's just great. And then it moves into uh, track two, which is three legs. 
yeah it's a kind of like an old school kind of like country rock kind of <laughs> yeah. elvisy kind of scene um but it's a great mix uh, with different vocal types like there's him on the that that um I think the effect is called like like a radio voice. Yeah, um, he likes to do that. Yeah, and, and it goes between like that and like it pans a lot. Like it's mm -hmm. very uh, it's very well produced. Um, and and like I wonder, and it, obviously it's been talked about, but like I wonder, like you know, if the song is also about the Beatles. Um, oh yeah, just because the the line, uh, particularly one of the last lines where he says, uh, "Your dog has three legs but can't run." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah well and also i just think that where he says well well when i thought when i thought you were my well, you was my oh, friend oh, you course. was my friend yeah and then when i thought that i could call you my friend it was so he you know it's like he's saying you was past tense and then i thought i could call you my friend but you let me down put my heart around the bend so i mean he's saying this is how i feel you know about you and me, you know, you, you did yeah. that, you know, I thought you were my friend, yeah. you know, but we're not getting along now. In fact, you, you really twisted me around. You hurt me. Yeah. And, but in I, fact, on the, on the back of the album artwork, there's uh two Beatles, yeah, the two Beatles. Because, yeah. And he put it on there cause he felt like the, the Beatles were screwing each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> uh. But no, it's a it's a great song. I, I like the I like the ending, like how it kind of like picks up a little beat and, mm -hmm. a little bit, and he gets a little more like sassy with how he's singing. <laughs> and then uh, from there, uh, track three is Ram On. It's a great Whoa. a great little song. I love Ram On. It's okay. very like it's very warm. Like it has yeah. like a, it, it it almost fits like. Obviously, it, it's fitting the um, concept of whatever this album is, but yeah. it, the feeling of it is very like Sergeant Pepper. Yes, you know, like and very British. Oh, the yeah. way it, you know, the, the way it starts, and, and uh, to me, it's a, it has that British feel, which he throws in here quite often. Like you said, the radio voice, and mm. uh, it, he, but it's almost like a nod to the past for him, like remembering. Mm. Like the old, old sounds old that he grew piece. up with, yeah, you know, because he grew up on the old '40s and '50s stuff that his dad liked to listen to, yeah. And um, but yeah, I don't know what it is about because I can remember when I first heard the album. When I heard Ram On, man, I thought that was a great song. Yeah, I loved Ram On, and and because it was such a short to the point, but very sweet the arrangement and. Well, um, that line, uh, "Give your heart to somebody," give your heart soon, to somebody and the way it's yeah. sung, I think it's just. That's a yeah. really good line. Give so, your heart to somebody. I also wonder, you know, we've we've talked about the Beatles' reception of it in some ways, but like, I wonder if this song, if George listened to the full album, I wonder if George actually liked this song just because he was such a ukulele. Yeah, and fan. I thought about that. I wonder if that yeah. was his little tip of the hat to George, mm, to George, saying, yeah. "Hey, I'm still thinking about you." you yeah, know what I mean, and and this, in other words, you're. You influenced me, right? You know? Yeah, and Showing maybe that. he's beginning to realize maybe I was a little over the top. You know, I mean, I I shouldn't have been so difficult. Mm. You know, uh, but it's almost kind of like, how do you say you're sorry when you can't really sit down and talk to each other at mm. this point? You know, you're you having to communicate on albums and interviews. Yeah, you know, and uh, especially when there's no social media. That just, no, like, and it's still fresh. You know, it's still right. 
you know, there's still a lot of hate going on. That's well, like, and the know, news cycle was way slower that's what back I'm saying. then. <laughs> oh god, yeah, and everybody's hating him, and and they're still hating each other. And but this, uh, I love that you can also lightly hear Linda, like in the oh background. yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, just just really like yeah, it's a real nice touch. Yeah, and the the harmonies and the and like and the whistle, I love the whistle. Yeah, it's just so peaceful. Like it just. It, it also helps to showcase that like warm kind of like family environment that the, that these things were fostered in like it's that style of song that McCartney does throughout his career that it, there's certain songs he'll do and I'm just when I hear them I'm like oh man that's that's that real sensitive sweetness that he has that he likes to do that mm. kind of a song yeah he's not screaming he's not gritty he's not he yeah. just he just likes that sound. it's a perfect little song yeah. and um, well it's on theme for the album. Like, yeah, and it really does. It really does it has capture that, the theme of the album. It has that blissful feeling, but it also it's about moving on and and about who he's with. Yeah, and appreciating kind of the nuances of life mm -hmm. and a chance to to love. Um, but yeah, and then that moves into track four, which is uh, "Dear Boy," Dear Boy, which is awesome. I think this this song has the best vocals on the album. Like those harmonies, the sweeping, like yeah, up the and down harmonies, harmonies are, awesome. are crazy. The, the yeah, choir the stuff, the backing vocals are really good. It's nuts. Um, it's basically a song written about Linda's ex-husband, mm -hmm. about how uh, he didn't know what he had. Um, but yeah, it's just a great build-up and ebb, ebb and flow of those backing vocals, and um, well, it's just like such a says, dramatic song with a great. He, ending. It's like he's talking about his where his mind is set when he says, "When I stepped in, my heart was down." and out but her love comes through and brought me round got me up and about yeah. so it's him saying i was in i was in the dumps and i was really feeling terrible and but she got me out she helped me you know yeah. you don't you didn't realize what she what she could do or what she's well now now you don't realize what she means to me right. you know he's really again as he does multiple times throughout the album he's singing about how he feels about her yeah and um but he shows what he's going through, you know, yeah. that he well, I was, that's a significant line yeah. in, in their, uh, little like relationship history or like their, their relationship history tied to like their musical mythology, like, or, or their folklore story is like that line. I feel like is a great representation and introduction to their relationship at the time of saying like, no, 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 no. Like this yeah. isn't like my wife, like, this is my partner and she is significant to me yeah. and and she's been significant in my life and 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 pulling me out of the depths that this complex world you know kind of stirred me into it's like, yeah it's like the line I, it says even when even when you fall in love dear boy it won't be half as good as this it's <laughs> like you're not even when you find somebody you're never going to find it as good as this is what, yeah what, you know and dear boy i mean you know again and it, it is very again that, that british, british proper yeah. but subtle insult you yeah. know as they do so well you yeah know. that like class yeah with like the class he's insulting you and calling you dear boy yeah you know but uh <laughs> but it's his shows his really his heartfelt thanks you know gratefulness that she she's there and that he can he can he appreciates her he appreciates what they're doing what's happening yeah but i mean it's it's a it's a sweet song uh like you said the music again one of the songs where there's so many layers of things going on in this song yeah and and it's paul you know doing pretty much everything i mean i know he's got a few musicians with him but he's 
he's controlling, arranging, you know, putting the song together. And I mean, so that's one thing that comes out to me every time I listen to the album is how layered it is, how much he's doing. And yet it's almost like he's saying, but, but this is what I do. Mm. I mean, this is, this is me. And, uh, but now I'm going to mention it's Linda too. I mean, so he wouldn't be doing that if it hadn't been for her influence to help him get out of that funk that he was in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it still comes out, you know, the, the, he's happy, you know, I mean, he's feeling good and, and he's being creative. Well, yeah, that, and that, I think one of the biggest, uh, proofs of how, how happy he was at this point, truly, is just how, um, like proud he's being like how not braggy, but show offy he's being like, he's not making up stories about fake people. He's tying in real themes and real instances and real yeah, feelings. He's talking about real and, things. And I think he feels comfortable, like more comfortable than talking about Uncle Don and Bob, like some random thing that just fits a formula that he's putting together. It's more like, let's do it. Like, I, let's talk about this. Or like, you know, it's just like there's like this energy. And then when you look into the, the bonus content, you realize that they had done like, a lot of stuff that ended up on wildlife red rose speedway uh the b side of live and let die like he had pumped out so much music during this time period for this album it was it was just nuts i mean i think they had ended up doing like 35 tracks or something just in in this instance of trying to assemble what this album would be that i just feel like he was pumping it out because he felt good like actually felt good like yeah. understood who he was and was ready to talk about it you know and be on display again because i mean I don't know, like not everyone's got it all the time, you know, and I think he had his he had his season, you know, I saw something the other day that I, I like this is very random, but just oh, saying yeah. just a statement saying how, you know, even in nature, you know, everything has a season, not everything is, you know, blooming all year round. And and I just feel like this is what that album was. It's also very bright in nature, you know, and, and, and in concept and in design. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like this was, you know, Paul back in bloom, back in season. Anyways, um, but the next the next track, and I think you said that this is your favorite. One um, of my favorites. Track yeah. five, um, Uncle Albert and Admiral Halsey. Um, <laughs> this is... Uh, um, the song included the New York Philharmonic, um, which I thought was cool. Uh, it, it was originally several songs that they melded into one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he said in interviews that it's it's kind of like an apology to the past, that his uh, uncle Albert kind of being like a general family figure, um, but kind of an unexpected thing, like like. He explains it that in the past his family, the families would be were were used to putting on big parties, and that you know un- the uncle or this this character Uncle Albert, or actually I think he might have had an actual Uncle Albert. Yeah, I think he did. I think uh, he did. Would would consistently at these parties just get wasted and just be a crazy person, and um, and so he said that the apology is. I don't know, I've seen him I talk about it in two, like in different eras of his life. And so it seems like it, it's it's saying that they're sorry that they didn't just get drunk, but they also did crazy things and also, you know, lived a crazy life and, and, and did wild drugs and whatever. But it also seemed like it also mean that 
he's gotten the wildness out. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's apologizing that. For the crazy things he, they did. Yes, he's apologizing for the things he did, but also there's no more room for that. There's, I don't, I'm trying not to, or, or at least I'm trying not to keep room for that or acceptance of that. But I thought that was interesting. Um, I like the, uh, the transition um, from like the beginning part to the- Oh, it changes so many times. Yeah, like three times. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I liked like the first shift to that more like a, a, that ethereal, like flying, you know, it, it feels like, 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 you know, I'm sure that's what they were going for that, like that psychedelic feeling, <laughs> you know, uh, and then it's, you know, switches to another part where he has that radio voice, um, kind of again, like in styles that he'd used before and like Sergeant Pepper. Um, but the second part is much lighter, much less serious, mm -hmm. you know, sounding, um, you know, it's almost goofy, um, like a story, like in a silly fashion, like for kids or something. Yeah, um, I, I think that's why I like it because it's very kiddish. It's very like almost sing songish, uh, storyteller, and and there's just so many little things and it's so many little uh, like ad lib little stuff, ad libs and little things he put, you know, he sticks in there. And I mean, one of really one of my all time favorite lines is it, you know, uh, uh, but the kettle's on the boil and we're so easily called away. I I love that line so much. I mean, it's it I don't know why I mean it just captures the his you know almost kind of the whimsicalness of it you know mm. and and I'm just I'm now I'm just easily drawn away from the things that used to bother me you know or and, drawn and, away from plans yeah and for from all the mess and everything you know so I'm sorry you know sorry about the problems sorry about the issues but um, I'm not there I'm gone you know what <laughs> I mean yeah and and and, it, and so I'm just singing about you know how crazy it was and and yet in the song he does so many things there's like you said there's so many transitions this song ends totally different from the way it begins yeah and and in the middle he does so many different things i mean there's so much packed in that song that it's um i don't know like you said it's almost it's almost psychedelic almost sergeant pepperish well, like, but i think that's you kind know, of what maybe he was going for is this out this song is like what what are like some of the key themes from Sergeant Pepper? And I was like, well, it's psychedelic, but it also has these like child song like themes at times. And you're like, well, let's let's do that again. <laughs> let's let's mesh them together. <laughs> but I love that. I've always loved the line: um, "Hands across the water, hands across the mm -hmm. sky," which is wings. Yeah, they use that's what comes the hands on the yeah the hands the, hands, the wings yeah yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I just always thought I was like, that's a great, like, world peace <laughs> uh, line. You know, like if you ever wanted like one of those clever, like, you know, what's a clever '70s, you know, shtick to to talk about world peace? Like, that's mm -hmm. a good one. Oh, it's a great song. It really is one of my favorite. Yeah, it is, and um, it's a song that I never tire of listening to. Mm. Um, this, it's very to me. It's very. It's very creative. It's very funny. It's it's it's, it's interesting. It's yeah. It's, well, whimsical is a good way. To whimsical, put exactly. It. And um, and it just to me it it it's a capsule of McCartney's abilities and uh, just him enjoying making a song like that. Um, almost like he's saying, "I can do it." You know, I can I can make songs like this by myself. You know, um, almost. But I can't help but think too. Could it be his way of saying? You know, 
I had something to do with that too, you know, with the whole Beatle thing. It wasn't just, wasn't uh, just yeah. you. It wasn't just, you know, it was me too, you know. And you know, and that's why I feel like some of the repeated Beatle, you know, quote unquote Beatle esque like themes that are like seen in this album. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's not just like those are things that he favored from that period of work, but also maybe some of the things that like he just favored like when he was working on yeah, it. Like so that, that was me. That was yeah, me. He's you like, know. I pushed for that to yeah, happen. Or yeah, like I, yeah. I liked that. Like some people didn't like the little hokey radio voice, like, but I thought that was cool. So like I use it again. And like because yeah. George doesn't use it on his first album. John doesn't use it on his first album. I think he uses it on Walls and Bridges eventually, the radio voice. Yeah. If I'm if I'm thinking right. But like I just feel like some of those little things that you think of, like they don't the other two don't yeah, try he likes to do that. it. He he likes that because to me it's a nod to his past and what his dad grew he grew up listening to with his dad yeah and it's also the that British thing that they have that I've always loved about the Beatles and you know McCartney that they refer to those little they make those little you know noises and sounds and things that are they're very British I mean they're but no it's a great it's a great song it really is I, yeah and then that leads into uh, track six which is smile away yeah. um originally i did not like this song yeah. i don't know what it was like <laughs> i heard i listened to this album all the way through um because like like i said um and mentioned before like I, I got it for you and it made me curious and you you had praised it so highly um and so i listened to it and like yeah i, I definitely Im- immediately liked the majority of it but not this one i don't know like this one and backseat of my car it took the longest yeah, to come yeah, around to kinda. but but once i did i was like oh man now it's stuck in my head because <laughs> yeah. it just does um, it's definitely a rocking song that's for sure yeah well and to me it just felt not like a co- like a phone-in like type of thing like they were just like i don't know you know let's just make a an old simple rock song that we like but then as i listen to it more like the reason why i personally like it like the feeling the interpretation and the vibe that i get from the song it feels like this is either like the opener or this is the pivotal, this is the pivot point in like a live concert where they're like, we've played some diddles for you and some acoustic numbers. Now let's bust out the, the Riggenbacher yeah, and, and turn, turn yeah. on, yeah, turn on the juice. Yeah. And because it, it just, uh, you know, has that, um, it's just, it's very sharp and in your face. The, the song itself is just kind of a nonsense <laughs> song, just talking mm, yeah, about. Yeah, it's very nonsense. Yeah, just talking about you're just every chorus he's changing about what what part of you smells um when seeing an old friend but um but particularly the parts i like about this song that i wanted to comment on are, are i like the um that it feels like a live show not just in the dynamics of how it sounds but also in the approach or the curation of how they they do it like in a live show, you know, like smile away quietly now and then it pans down and then smile away horribly now and then yeah. oh, it goes crazy. Um, that yeah. part, that's my favorite part, though, when he says now smile horribly now because the bass, he increases the volume on that bass yeah, and, that, he, and the bass in this song is very fuzzy. It's very grainy. And so it's just like I love that part. It just really cuts through. Um and his yelling at the close is the oh. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about it, it's very it's to me it's a prototype of of the wings music. Oh, you know oh, because for sure, it's yeah. that it's that beat that that he incorporates in a lot of wings music and um, and he likes to rock when he you know like this you know that 
almost kind of a tip of the hat to the old school rock and roll, you know, that it's kind of real simplistic in a way. But like you said, it sounds like something that would have worked very well on a, on a lot on a stage live. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, in fact, I think this is one of the only Ramp songs that they ever performed. Like they have some live recordings from like Small Away. Uh -huh. Really? Yeah, it's on the deluxe edition. Oh. Like they did, they went to some university, university. or something, yeah. and they would do uh -huh. like handful of songs uh -huh. to test yeah. them. Um, and they did like Smile Away. Um, yeah, I don't know, just like two or three songs. And Mole of Kintyre were like the, the little things they were workshopping. But Smile Away was one of the only ones that they they released yeah, uh, I agree on, with on the you album. That it, it definitely has a sound that would be a song that would be good for a live performance. Yeah, well, I think it's the easy rock. Yeah. Because it's the boom, 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 Yeah. Like you said, he likes to whoop and yell, and he does. And yeah. And he does it a lot in this song. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, I think it's just him rocking, just him enjoying a simple song that sounds kind of like the past that he grew up with. The old going to Kansas City, you know, sort of beat, you know, yeah. da -da 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 -da. you know, it's almost like, da -da 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 but he puts his little touch to it. And um, it's just something he just wanted to do. You know, I mean, again, it's like you said, it's it's similar to McCartney, but it's more. He does more. He oh, he, absolutely. He's yeah. definitely saying, well, I'm going to do stuff like this, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good one took me a minute to get around to it but once i kind of started yeah, singing no, it as it a, is a song that you got to listen to a little bit yeah well, as soon as i saw it as like a high energy kind of live-ish song i was like oh okay i get it yeah <laughs> but then uh, after that one this is another one of my favorites um heart is heart of the country um yeah it's just a great little country number it's kind of like a beat bop though mm -hmm. um uh with that jazz beat um but it's a great track um Probably about their real feelings, honestly, about wanting to escape, you know, their shiny celebrity yeah. life. I, I also see it as being one of his uh, ode to the to the dope songs. You know, I mean, because he says, uh, uh, "Smell the grass in the meadow." In other mm. words, he's you know, I think he's like, "Let me roll it later." It's like his. It's a grass song. It's a dope song. You know, <laughs> yeah. Smell the grass. Oh, in the meadow. You know, like you know, he's. It's a subtle. It's yeah. that British humorish kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. In the well, heart I mean, of the literally country. the song starts, I look high. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, okay. That's, yeah. I mean, so it's obvious if you're like, oh, okay. We, we know where you're going with this one. Well, it's like, it's just like him, his clever use of, uh, yeah. For, yeah. for the last. Well, I don't know, honestly, if he uses it that much out of the 60s and 70s, but I noticed um, his clever terminology for being high is yeah. flying yeah he always says that like he constantly mm -hmm. he's like you know well like we've been saying at the very beginning like you said when he says looking for a home in the heart of the country so he's also talking about how he's feeling about home that he's home he has a home yeah and he has a you know he's happy with with being home well, and he also you know, uh um he doesn't like invoke any deity but he bring talks about holy people yeah like it's where the, the country, where the holy people grow yeah so i wonder like if that's just a statement to say this is where this is reality <laughs> and this is where real wholesomeness like this is where real people that are working on life come from like, this is literally the salt of the earth like this is where people well because he says it multiple times in the song i'm going to move i'm going to go so this is it you know, I mean, I've found 
yeah. the heart of the country. I found it. Yeah. And maybe that was a phrase that people use, the heart of the country. You know, it could have been a, you know, a, out there in the farm kind of a, a phrase to mean that's, mm. you know, the sweet spot. Yeah. Is, you know, yeah. and um, and it, I think that's to me what's uh, I'm going to get me a good night's sleep. I mean, he seems to be talking about to me uh, how he feels about home, you know, that. Well, I he, feel like he's regimented, like a, like a, re, a typical life plan yeah you know and he's living it and yeah he's, like, he's oh, not the good. big city beetle he's living at a farm he's happy with his family yeah and he's in the heart of the country and he's i look high i mean you know i'm like i'm <laughs> i don't know i feel it i'm not feeling any pain right now yeah well you know, you know it's funny if you flip if you flip that opening because you know he says i look high i look low if you flip the opening he said um or if you you know it's, it's not that he he feels uh looks high and he feels low it's not that he 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 feels low and he's getting high you know it's not it's not the opposite like it's just i don't know most of the time he's talking about is nothing but this wholesome like yeah it's not it's not braggy but it's like i I just like feel good like i want to talk about it because like yeah i actually feel this way like Like he's saying you know i feel good because i feel good enough to talk about where i've been that i've been low you know, yeah, in exactly. other words, I, I've been down and it's and, and it wasn't great. And that's security. Like, yeah, but I'm, like that's... I'm home. I'm in the heart of the country. I'm, again, it's my sweet spot. I found the place where yeah. I want to be. I don't have to be in the limelight. I don't have to be arguing with people. Yeah. I don't have to put up with all the craziness that I have being a beetle. I'm just here and enjoying it and and I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, and so he's just singing about it and, and saying that that's where he's at. And um like you said, I mean, it, it. Maybe that was insulting to the uh, musical intelligentsia of the time of the day. It's like, really, you're going to sing about that? You know, what about <laughs> what about you said? What about let it be? What about some some of these? You know, where's all those great lyrics and songs? It's like, like, why are you singing about life out on the farm? Yeah, like, on the who, heart we of the all country. know what that's about. Yeah, why are you not talking about you know some kind of Right. And, and when you think about it, what does Lennon do? <laughs> Lennon goes after the politics and the concerns of the day. Yeah. George goes after the spiritual concepts of things. And John and then there's so Paul's like, I'm going to sing about the farm and home and I'm happy and yeah. it's all cool and I'm all yeah, right. Like his, you know, like his themes are more immediate yeah, and real. And they react and- with a real negative response to which I can see that would be very insulting to him on a personal level. You know, well, for like, sure. It's like one of the most personal things he's done. Yeah, he's like, like, what is this? You're insulting me. You know I mean? I mean, I'm not, you can come after me, but why do you want to insult my work? You know what yeah. I mean? But, yeah. The only other thing I'd say about this track, and this is a very random thing, but as I was listening to this and being really, you know, listening to it really carefully, I, re- I realized his vocal on this song, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're, you really listen to this guy much. I, I'm a huge fan. His vocal sounds just like Jack White, like, or Jack White, the way he sings typically, like on a song like this, sounds just like Paul. Like, it was just nuts listening to this song. Like, I don't know, it was like the second time I was listening to it today or yesterday. And, uh, and no, it was yesterday. And I just remember like thinking that, I'm like, that's- Well, it's very possible that maybe- Well, I know he's a huge 
Beatles fan. Okay, so but, it could be that he listened to that song and it so influenced him that he yeah. was determined to it's just incorporate that into the way he sings. Yeah, because the way he sings, it's not like a British cadence or anything no, like it that. No, is, it's a different, it's very clear, different, clean, yeah. almost American yeah. folk. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah. So there's just like when I was listening, I was like, wow, that's it's <laughs> really crazy. Like if you listen to like early White Stripes and especially like the acoustic stuff they do, like whoa, that sounds well, just like. It's interesting you said that because we. Uh, your mother and I were watching a old uh, video of the Jackson five. Mm. And in particular, we were watching Michael Jackson when he was, you know, 12 mm -hmm. and singing, you know, uh, one of their great songs. And I'm watching his vocals and his voice and his face. And I thought, where have I seen that before? And then, uh, just that recent, uh, um, Bruno Mars, what, that collaboration song. He oh, did. Silk Sonic. Yeah. Silk Sonic. And, uh, we love that song. Um, keep the door open. Keep, leave the yeah, door open. leave the door open. And and when Bruno Mars is playing the piano and he's singing, uh -huh. he his voice and his facial expressions are exactly like Michael Jackson's. Mm. And I thought that song meant a lot to him. Mm. He that song influenced him so much that he's like, when I sing, I'm going to sing it like Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. So I'm just saying, like just like you said, I mean, we're talking about the Beatles, number one. Sure. And we're talking about Paul McCartney. So I can imagine artists hearing a song and saying, I like that song so much that I'm gonna it's just gonna become a part of me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it'll just, it'll come out in my way I sing or yeah, how I do music or your nature. Yeah, and, and it's and it like you said, if anything, again, I can see, I guess, the indie concept is that it's very much reflective of a, of a, the personal views of McCartney. He's not he and yeah, sometimes he's talking about the Beatles, but primarily it's more personal, I think. He's talking about John. He's talking mm -hmm. more about the things that he has a problem with him. Mm -hmm. But he's really being very personal. And so that song is very much a song that's saying, this is what I enjoy right now. This yeah. is me being out here. And yep. if you don't understand it, I don't hey, whatever. You know, Move on. I'm good. <laughs> you know. Well, and then it takes oh my. a different approach. It <laughs> <laughs> goes into track number eight, which is Monkberry Moon Delight. Yeah, that's a crazy song. Which is song. a crazy song. Yeah, it's pretty much nonsense. Uh, but it's a great vocal. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, it's a weird vocal, like, strained, you know, singing and intense. And sometimes yeah. it's a little off and wonk yeah. wonky. But, like, it's just got some really great intensity. Um, it has Heather McCartney, the his daughter she's she's back she's included in the backing vocal she's giving credits the little daughter um but i love like the the i think it's the bridge part where he says um this is my favorite part of the song i don't know why but this is the song the the sound of the song pivots and it and it goes to like a half half time um with like a rapid guitar strumming in the background and it where he says uh so i stood with a knot in my stomach yeah. and i gazed at that terrible sight like it was just such a like dramatic like little shift in the song. Mm -hmm. um, it just has such a like a tense feeling. It's just great. Like I don't know. Like that. Like if this if this song was written to make sense, I feel like that moment would have been like the oh like the you know like the bass drop moment like in, in some kind of like modern song. Um, but it's just like it's just I don't know. It's a weird song. Well, I read really that cool. uh, I'm sure you read too that he he was writing similar to what he had heard his kids talking because when you listen to young kids oh they have their gibberish. own voices their own words their yeah. own gibberish and so he starts to he's saying okay well i'm going to do some gibberish and uh 
So you see, I was looking at that uh, just earlier that uh, when he says, you know, ketchup, soup, and puree, he says it once, but then the next time, first it's ketchup like the stuff you put on your uh-huh. food. Yeah. But the second time it's C A. Yeah, catch up. Catch, yeah. catch up. Cats and kittens. Yeah. Cats and kittens don't get left behind. Don't get left behind. Cats and kittens. And he, so I mean, again, he's doing a playoff words, but very similar to what a kid would do. Sure. Just rhyming and making up words. Well, also his practice that him and John did a lot when writing songs was they would just sing gibberish. Like they would just go, because that's what some of the outtakes are. Like you hear like uh, John like singing just like, that that like or like they like or they say they're trying to say words like they, they're just making up gibberish words to fill the timing you know just so they know what the notes should sound like and what what on what timing it, it should be but mm-hmm. i feel like instead of paul using that uh tactic and finessing it to be real words that make sense and are like you know build a story or a feeling instead he's like well that's not try and orchestrate it let's just swap it out with the word that fits the symbols yeah and <laughs> i have to say i think this is another one of his ode to high songs because he you know like at the very end when he says try some of this and so what is it he goes oh, oh yeah, Mary moon yeah i mean you know well so, he says he, at one point he says sucking yeah uh monk berry moon and then when he says uh where is it uh and the wind played a dreadful cantata, cantata. <laughs> Again, his little British O, you know, yeah. uh, tip of the hat. But, you know, he he just says some really very beatlish, nonsensical words that sound psychedelic high, you know. Yeah. And, and and again, I'm thinking, okay, Monk, Berry, Moon, Delight. Yeah, this may have been a play on child children making up words, but I'm also thinking... Or Monkberry Moon Delight. Monkberry Moon must have been something. A kind of weed. Yeah, something like the name for You the... really liked it, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to write a song about that, you know, because he <laughs> says it over and over and over. You know, don't get left behind, you know, almost like, hey, come on, you catch up, you know, like, what? Come on, come back. You, don't get left behind. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's like he's singing about some moment that then he goes, well, what is it? What is this we're doing? You know, I mean, because it, but at the same time, the song is is hilarious. It's very to me. It's funny. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a, a Alice in Wonderland kind of. a Yeah. Style. yeah. You know, it's, well, it's like it's a wild. It's a wild feel, song. Feel good flow with a, with the imagery <laughs> that's very much like a you know child's like world and yeah i mean he's like it's, sitting in the attic with a piano up, up my, my nose. nose and it's just <laughs> saying some things like i'm just gonna write something that's gonna be able to go what why did you say that because it fit you know it didn't matter if it makes any sense yeah you know i just wanted it but again like you catch up and catch up i mean it i could see that being something kids would think were funny yeah oh, you know yeah. and he's just the same way. Well, that's why I take half of the nonsense or a majority of the nonsense that he puts on this album is it's something that he probably demonstrated for the kid or the kids and or or just just Heather. And then like if it worked out, yeah, like, she just oh, sang okay, the song. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> if she likes something it, silly cool. that you would do when you're high, you know, you think it's hilarious. Yeah, or just know, in, in it's casual doing chores around the house and come up with yeah you're just coming up with, with random things yeah and, well like the next track which is uh oh yeah eat at know. home mm-hmm. i mean like i could imagine that just being like they they were driving through town and maybe they were one of the kids was like let's you know we want to eat here they're like well, let's just eat at home <laughs> you know just like a, one one little line that maybe stuck with paul because he was probably thinking this is probably a conversation that ha- that happens constantly. And he's like, "Why don't we just do a little song about that?" It's con- we, you know, 
just, you're right because it's something because sometimes he makes songs like this and i don't like them because he does he picks up just some word or some random little random line yeah and he repeats it over and over sometimes i'm like oh i didn't like that but this <laughs> The music is so good. Yeah. I love the music in this song. Yeah, it feels like a early '60s like rock song, um, like American rock song. I guess. Yeah, and great harmonies, great backing vocals yeah. on this. But I again, one thing I notice is he he does something with this with the backing vocals to make them a part of the song, not just oh yeah, not just in the background. Yeah, oh yeah. But it becomes a part of what the song is, mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's almost like he's doing it. Well, not just like he's doing, but he's doing it to include Linda in the song. Oh, of right? course, yeah. Because we know she wasn't that great of a vocalist. She could right. sing, yeah. but not like him. Yeah, but he says that, that he knew what she was, but wanted, but had a purposeful nature to include her. And like he says in the song, bring the love that you feel for me into line with the love I see. I mean, again, yeah, it's... In it's, the morning, you'll bring to me love. You bring to me, it's... it's yeah, that's my favorite line in the yeah, song. Yeah, it's like he's saying this you're you're bringing this to me and you know and i'm you know so well but that i love that line because that that's like a significant line for anyone in a relationship to learn what that means is is like when he says bring the love that you feel for me in line with the love i see like i was just talking about this with my buddy ben i think this was on our our last episode just saying like because you know i'm i'm a communications person and like one thing that i've read about been told in training like in sales training and management stuff all sorts of stuff it's just how much problems come from a lack of communication or come from um too much assumptive nature like in a, in a relationship and that's why i love this line as a communicative relationship orientated person <laughs> because it's literally saying bring your feelings in the line up into reality like if, if it is really how you feel and it's worth it to you then you should tell me you should fight for it I should be able to see it, you know, and I just feel like that's such a significant thing, not just in a immediate um, relationship, but in every relationship that if you have these feelings, you have these notions, no one's going to know it unless you either say it or do something to prove it. And I just feel like that that's probably my, might be my favorite line in the whole album, just because that's such a significant um, thought to me or such a significant characteristic for life that i carry that i wield almost in everything i do and just try to be very self-critical and think it it, it it are the things that i'm feeling really being shown and proven you know either to the community i'm involved in or with the relationship with the person I'm, I'm i'm trying to interact with and support or be supported by and i don't know it's just going on a rant here but i just i really love that line because it's just it's a damn good line just about how to treat someone in a relationship. Yeah, and really the whole song that you're saying is it reflects that simplicity of like, lady, let's eat in bed, let's eat in bed. And meaning it's just, I, again, it's like heart of the country. Um, I enjoy being at home. And and if we want to eat in bed, we can eat in bed. If we want to just, you know, we do whatever we want. Yeah. You know, and... Um, and, he, and, he, and I think the music of the song reflects that. It's a very upbeat, very it's a it's a it has a good feel to it right, right? it's yep. not negative it's not dark it's not and really that's the the album when you look at it as a whole as we're getting close to the end of it it doesn't have dark places there's not no i'd say the one only darkish theme is the opening part of 
backseat of my car just because it has that slow yeah. hazy weird feeling mm-hmm. and it's the only thing because i was I, I had this i didn't really make a note about it but i had a mental note uh when reviewing the album again and trying to think of that of like oh these like real emotional shifts yeah or there's pivots. no weirdness in this yeah. in the album yeah there's no there's no deep dips no there's you know because no. like with imagine there's like some really sweet yeah, songs. John and some can really be very intense. dark and very yeah. yeah. But and, and even with Harrison, there's like, yeah, exactly you know, weirdness. But, but with like this, with Ram Paul, is not that. Yeah, and very rarely does Paul even do that. Anyways, going yeah, to a dark no, it, place of music. And this is probably I would think one of his most positive. Yes. Again, because it's very much reflective of what's happening to him in the present. Right now. Yeah. He's in the now. Yeah. Um. Then that that goes into track ten, which is "Long Haired Lady." Um, this is one of me and my wife's favorite songs. Oh, it's a great song. Um, this is like the main and only song I think really that Linda is actually singing, like not just harmonizing, but she has her part to mm-hmm. sing. Um, it's a cute uh, kind of yeah, like a it's conver- very sweet. It's kind of like a conversational song. Yeah, between them. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, or just like a ballad to his beautiful partner that you know he's just delighted by every detail you know it's just one of those really sweet songs where yeah and just i'm sorry to interrupt yeah, but it's, uh, i think it it it's like eat at home this it leads into long-haired lady you know i mean it's like as as eat at home finishes then uh, then long-haired lady takes on with well, oh, the well, well, well yeah well. and then it's like okay well then let's have a conversation you know it's almost like that like it it led into the conversation yeah. about each other and about her um that connects the songs together and again it but it also to me uh points to the wings sound that's going to come right mm-hmm. you know that that's sort of the where linda's voice is in the background mm-hmm. and and then they pick up on the song and start building it up again yeah uh i've always liked how he says um or the part where he says I, i'm the man that she will hypnotize and then, yeah yeah and then when the chorus comes in it's like half time it's like all slow and reverby and and yeah it sounds like you're getting going under hypnosis it's a great great effect no it's a great song and then the um the closing part i've always loved that part the the love is long uh, part the winter lose winter summer love is long yeah along with the horns um one thing yeah. I was thinking about this this song, just because of the way of it's arranged, because it builds up so much, like for the ending where there's all these horns and and sound effects and vocals and just kind of, kind of panning. I wonder if this was a contender for like the album closer, like originally, just because it's it's such a, a build up at the end. Yeah, I agree. Well, like you said, I mean, I love the lines like, uh, "Well, I've been meaning to talk to you about it for some time, sweet little lass, you are." My long-haired lady, who's the lady that makes that a brief occasional laughter? She's the lady who wears those flashing eyes. So it, it, oh yeah, bees are buzzing about my sweet, delectable baby. Birds are humming about their big surprise. It's, it's when you read this, the lyrics, it's very much like a, like a Valentine's card. Mm. He's, it's like, it's like a love song. Or it's like a, a it, children's story. Yeah, he's too. singing, he's writing words about her. And, yeah. and she's the long-haired lady, right? And he's, like you said, he's 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 saying love is long, love is long, and, and winter, summer. Like I think you made mentioned that earlier at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's it's seasons, and he's he's seeing the end of the winter, right? He it yeah. the dark the dark season has passed. Now this is summer. This is this is yeah. spring and summer. Yeah, he feels and, the sun. And you, you know, and you had a lot to do with that. 
so yeah. I'm singing about you. Yeah. And um, well, I mean, in, obviously, if you haven't gotten the picture yet, this this guy loves his wife. I mean, his first solo album started off with a random little ditty of yeah. just a random yeah. little laugh track about the lovely Linda. The lovely Linda. But yeah, and then after this one is the Ram On reprise, which, oh, which I love that too. Yeah, which is like it's kind of like a looser version, but mm-hmm. with more more effects and like a stronger uh, bass or, or drums. Well, again, it's the, and the, and the whistle, which is very whimsical, yeah. very it, much like a song that's stuck in your head, you know. And I could see Ram On being the song that's in his head, you know. He's just he's just thinking about that that melody, and and he's just saying Ram On, like I read where he said he. He the ram meant you you ram you push on you persevere you yeah. persevere yeah and and it's like to him it's that little touch of ram on let's just press on yeah you know we're going forward then uh, that gets to the last um, track of the original studio album um, the last track is backseat of my car it's kind of crooner you know esque um, you know Paul McCartney he. Later on, he had described it as like the ultimate like teenage song, kind of like just talking about lovers like having to be discreet. Yeah, I think you mentioned around. it was an old girlfriend before Linda that he was kind of talking about. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and just you know how you know, being uh, discreet or secretive, you know, around her dad and uh, you know references to them in the back seat and. Um, and the song was uh, he he said it was also inspired by the long trips that him and Linda would take mm. um, during like the final years of the Beatles breakup, like they would when they would leave the city, um, and and I guess there was, you could only drive. Um, one one part about the song that's always stood out to me is the the line that they start to repeat where they say we believe that we can't be yeah. wrong. Yeah, and I feel like that that's probably the most it, it, if you want to take it this way towards the Beatles relationship, that this to me is like one of the boldest things, if you want to see it this way, is like one of the boldest statements that he made in regards to his decision, like about the Beatles and like that pivot in their life. Like it's not the wrong decision. Like that's, that's like, that's why I feel like is like the jewel on the crown of this album of like, this is a bold, vibrant album because they felt vibrant and they felt like showing off that they like, they love this life that they've built now that's different from what everyone else wanted them to be or like whatever. And they found this wholesome, like genuine happiness. And now he's saying like, I don't see anything wrong with this. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective because I, I actually had told you, Bob, I was listening to it again, that I'd also... And it kind of ties into both of the themes we've talked about, where he's at in the present and what he's appreciating and enjoying, but also looking back at his relationship with John. And and I, I see the other side of the coin being the, the problem is that we believe that neither one of us was wrong. In mm-hmm. other words, so we could never, there was no give and take. In other words, you you thought you were right. I thought I was right. Yeah, there's no concession. And there's no, con- there's no in between. And so... It was never going to work. So now I'm gone. I mean, you know, this is where I'm at. Yeah. We believe that we weren't wrong. Now it works both ways, like you said. Yeah. It also reflects him and Linda saying what we're where we're at. It's yeah. Not, there's not we're we're not wrong. Well, and I and I have that note too that I I could see because of the the nat the the nature of the story of this song. Mm-hmm. I could also see it like resembling like that 
that youthful like overconfidence like maybe a statement about like 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 what do you like i can't be wrong like you know you know right and 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 as the song said you just like i think you just hit on the head for me is that just like it reflects the a girl and a guy saying well we just want to be together and there's a parent saying "Uh uh-uh that ain't right Right. y'all aren't gonna do that and it's almost like him saying well i just want to be with linda and go on and and there's people saying that's not right. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, what do you mean? You're just going to go off and drive off to Mexico or wherever. Yeah. He's like, well, we're pretty sure it's not wrong. Meaning, yeah. you know, if, if we came up with it, it must be yeah, some we're, kind of right. We're cool with each other and you guys got to work out your feelings because yeah. we're out, Yeah, you know? And, and so you're right. I think it's a good point. Like you said, that long haired lady could have ended the album, but this song is basically his way of saying there was people who said this wasn't right and it didn't feel good about it but we can't be wrong. We're not wrong. Yeah. We're gone. And this is it. There's no coming back. You know, yeah. we're, we're, you know, I understand. And I have to understand that too. He had to come to grips with that. Hmm. There, I'm sure there was a part of him that's like, yeah, but this is my mates and we were good buddies and close friends. And now everything is messed up and he's yeah, or maybe Maybe that's a line about himself saying that like, I know I used to be that way yeah and now i'm i, I don't have that same approach yeah. because look at how much it's worn he, me he out. finally had put distance enough to where he could look at himself and say okay I, w- I thought i wasn't wrong either but you thought you weren't wrong either yeah so well and i'm sure when you're at the height you know of musician musicianship and musician like clout that you carry a different sense for a while of yeah like, there was well a, this is what i thought of so in my nature it should probably yeah, be best total di- <laughs> different expectation for paul mccartney uh and the end of the beatles and and he had to deal with the reaction people hating on linda because they blamed her right and for breaking them just up. like they hated yoko and blamed her yeah and so everybody was blaming somebody right and i mean this album to me is almost like yeah, you know, you know I finally got to the point where I really don't care about that anymore, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going to say a few things about it, but that's between me and John. It's almost like, you yeah. know, but at the same time, you knew you couldn't keep it personal because everybody wants to know what you're doing. And what we, and right away, oh, you're talking about me. And John's like, oh, you're talking about me, you know, and so he, you know, how can you sleep at night? And he reacts and responds yeah. and, which you know, it, but which that's is, not this what this album's about. You know, I mean, yeah. It, it, which that that's if anything that proves both their nature again is like when Paul makes a slight to Lennon, it's a little hidden. It's not like bra- brazen, like in your face. But when John comes out, of oh it's yeah, like he's straight out brutal. Yeah. It's like a twice as long song, and he says he says some mean he's, things yeah, about, yeah. His, about his well, you know, his work. Well, you know, uh, when they were writing that song, that he said that him and yoko because you know they were living in that their house and like i think like george was staying with them for a stint just some of the mates were like living with them and they had a piece of paper on the fridge and they would just each add in their own dig to paul and so they would just go in there and try and think of like oh yeah talk about his mom next oh talk about sergeant pepper because he say talk about things that they knew were gonna hurt yeah exactly and that's what it is actually i think it's yoko that's comments that like yeah there is a piece well again they say only a friend can betray you right oh yeah and they hurt they hurt the most yeah and that's a shame because it 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 shows if anything i guess it how much they loved each other yeah and that it was hard for everybody and that you could see that in ram that he's he's touching on that like hey it wasn't easy it was hard and but i mean i've got linda now and i've got a family and and i can i can move on yeah i can i've been able to afford that i'm I'm able to make music and i still can do it and 
you know, and, and I'm going to go on. And, you know, and so, I mean, it had to have been really hard for him to get smacked with all the bad, you know, press as far as the critics, you know, attacking the album. Yeah. But again, he's McCartney. You know, I still have an audience. People are buying it. So I'm going to keep kicking it out. And, yeah. and you have to say, I mean, God, he, he didn't have to create a band and start going out again. And, and oh, sure. he's yeah. the only one that tours. I mean, I know John does some live stuff and George does to a certain degree, but, but McCartney is successful and, and, and consistent. He, yeah. Yeah. And he keeps going and yeah. creates a whole nother set of, you know, albums and yep. for himself and, that's yeah, pretty impressive. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and he evolves and just keeps going. But yeah, but this this last song is really cool. Um, it kind of is a big build up. Kind of has multiple closes because um, you feel like it's in, it's over and then it comes back. Um, I've always liked the um, the intense way he sings the some of the last lines, like when he yells out the "We believe we can't be wrong," mm-hmm. like really intensely. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then that one little drum break before he yells it, at, he just starts screaming to close yeah. it all out. It's great. Um, but yeah, um, and then the only other things I wanted to touch on uh, before we close here is just some of the the additional tracks, like the the single "Another Day," which was um, the very first thing they did, mm-hmm. first song he ever structured, including Linda and uh, Den- Denny, uh, the drummer. Um, yeah, uh, it, that to me, another day is like the is the most Beatles like song mm-hmm. from that time period, and it's the first one. So I wonder if you know he was just really trying to dial in the what works. Um, it's a great story song that changes kind of from like light to serious, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a classic song. Uh, one song I wanted to touch on though that is a bonus track. It was the B side to another day, I believe. Um, or no, to too many people is a woman. Oh, why? That song is awesome. That that song I posted on my story today, actually on Instagram. It's it might be my favorite on the album, and it wasn't even included on the album. <laughs> it's it's just like it's like a little like grittier. Um, it's it's got a, a um, it's got a strong beat with like a really crisp guitar, and then Paul's voice is like really raspy. It's almost like what's his name from ACDC. Like it's like, it's it, it it's got it's almost like he had he he had done two takes or they had been done a few vocal takes for like other songs, and he's like let's try that other one just one more time. And he knew he was a little worn out and just like went for it anyways. It just sounds so good and it's just got a really great drum production. Like just man, the it just you can just feel it. Um, and it's got this like um, gunshot sound effect. Um, it's pretty loud but like it's just not unexpected uh it's just a really cool song like i don't know what it is like it's a it definitely fits the vibe of of the album but it doesn't like just like because the song is a kind of about like a woman that does them wrong doesn't really treat them right kind of deal and it almost just feels like he wanted to make some kind of weird delta song weird delta blues song it's not really the delta blues but kind of you know just like he did like a crooner song it's not really kind of a crew you know it's like it's almost like he wanted to include this but it didn't really mesh with the overall like theme of the album the sound of it fits but the theme of it doesn't really fit mm. 
Well, I think it's a tremendous song. Um, he even remixed it like in the early 2000s. Mm, I have to admit, I really haven't listened to it. Yeah, it's really good. It. Um, super good. Um, and then just a couple of, because like I said, there, there's several songs that, yeah, that, that, takes. Yeah, that were put on other albums or just never put out. But I just wanted to include two more things um, as honorable mentions um, if you ever want to listen to it. Uh, there's a track called Hey Diddle. Oh a, yeah, I know that. I love that song. I like it's that a, song. A lot. It's just a cute little song. Yeah, I, yeah that's, no, a, that's I like a great it a lot. song. It's yeah. on Wingspan. I listen yeah. to yeah. It'll get stuck in your head. You no, know, it's a great song. Um and A Love for You. Um that one is just him him with an acoustic guitar. Um but it's got great harmonies. Like it's just like him just like strumming and he's singing and then um after every phrase, I guess yeah, after every phrase, after every time he finishes a line, there's a, a harmony, a, 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 just him and, and Linda just going like, oh, like in the background, but it's so angelic and like well well done. Um, the song, I think A Love For You and Hey Diddle, when you listen to them like on CD or streaming or whatever, the the quality, I wonder if they did it in like a different studio or something, because like it, so. it's weak, it's very weak. You have to really crank it up. Um, but man, the uh, the vocals on "A Love for You" are really good, and the the lyrics I really like the 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 way it's written, um, just super good. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw those out because they're not on the album, but they they are really really great. They are in line with the sound. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's an awesome album. It's it's uh, very different from. I don't know what was going on at that time, probably what was expected of Paul, but it's, uh, I don't know, like we've said many times, it's just a, it's a great capture of what, uh, of his world and like yeah, where what, he what was he, at, what he, what he could do. Yeah. And aside to that, and a little additional to me is that, um, I don't know if you've seen or had a chance to listen to it. It's that, uh, at the 50th anniversary, uh, Danny Sewell, the uh-huh. drummer, yeah, the drummer and several other musicians got together and did, ram with with some other people singing in the background i mm. think they did it live oh wow and so it's almost like they're uh that's what i they're like their sound of music sing-along it's like they 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 love the album so much they redid it yeah and but i mean when i listen to their version um it captures that same the the feel of the of ram like they love the sound of it so much that they wanted to to recreate it yeah like really honor it yeah to honor it and to show this is like anything that's meant something to you over the years a movie an album a book that's mm. like their that's their homage to it and their way of saying that, thanks i mean this album still means something to me after 50 years yeah the fact that they bothered to even do the whole album and they did another day and whether there's a song on top mm. of it but it, it's to someone that loves the album it's worth listening to their version because it's 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 how much they enjoy it you get that feel of well i just feel like this album that i'm sure there's many you could put this way and then there's a lot of mythology and folklore around different lives that that tie to it the same way but this album i just feel like really transposes all of that into it like that that feeling and um uh, their being like I don't know their nature yeah. and like just how they felt and everything just like when you have a, a a kid you know it's like I mean obviously biologically like you're involved in like the makeup of the child but like your life at the time when the kid is being reared 
you know, it, it, it spawns something different. You know, it's like you're, you're transposing. Oh, it's a transition. Yeah. Definitely. And you, you are impressing, you're, you're impressing something, some kind of nature onto this being, onto this other being, this child. And then it turns into something. It's the same with when you work on something that's yeah. a production that yeah, you're actually that. putting in intricate, complicated consideration into, you're impressing things onto it. And that's why I feel like there's certain albums when like it doesn't, it's not going well, or like the band wasn't really involved and it feels not really the, the, the same. It's probably because a producer did it all and they made all the decisions and they weren't working. Nobody was meshing. They just had to be mathematical and just move on. But then you get these weird, you know, outliers of like, oh, I was just, I was just jamming one day on the bass and I found this and then like, the song just came to me, you know, like it just came out of me. And then like you listen to the song, you're like, why do I feel like it just has such this, this, this energy to it. And it's just because, yeah, it's like they've been pressed, whatever they were wielding, whatever they were like channeling, you know, this, this con. And that's why a, a terrific musician is a, tr is a tremendous communicator is because they're not, they're going to, they're going to express these things in a multi-dimensional dynamic way you know i'm going to give you the message in written form i'm going to make you feel it through the music and then when i shift it through like a tempo shift or through uh introducing some kind of new uh, aesthetic or whatever to the song i i can i can shift you to this other thing that i was wanting to feel or that i had felt and and that's why i think this album just yeah it, it just it, it 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 kills it at representing like that genuinely like yeah bl bliss like of it's just a, like real me, life the transition he's saying i can come i can closure i can i can come to this is the end of my beetle thing but this is the beginning of my mccartney thing and what i'm going to do from this point and and so he doesn't he keeps going that direction you know that he doesn't so you feel all that like you said he's communicating something that is very transitional which maybe that's why people reacted like they did because they didn't understand his direction. They thought, well, you didn't do what you've always done with yeah. the Beatles. But he's like, no, because I'm not. This is this is me. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And so you hear a lot of his, from this point on, a lot of what he does is is coming from here. This is the beginnings, the origins of, yeah. of Wings and his McCartney, you know, albums. And yeah. um, he he's like, I'm, now I'm done with that. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, but you know linger on it i'm not gonna make music that repeats itself that the way we did yeah. it and i I'm mean all, he changes all over i mean even like the way he dresses from like that point on yeah everything it's changes. much more like not boho but like kind of like this well like you said he doesn't he's colorful. not the crazy wild beetle now right he's, yeah, he's a fall he's a family man he yeah he he's and those are the things that he thinks of immediately he like, wants to do those things yeah like he wakes up in the farm with the family and then he has to go to the studio yeah. he doesn't wake up in his you know luxury apartment alone down the street yeah. from the from work and in this constant expectation of like as soon as i go outside they're going to be looking at me as soon as i go outside they're going to yeah. ask me questions and he make got, me confirm. he got away from that long enough to just appreciate well now he just is yeah <laughs> now he's just being and it's like before he had to like constantly commit to an idea constantly express and confirm to like a mass group of other people in the community who he is but now he has reservation now he has preservation mm -hmm. by having time that everyone gets to mull over waste and to consider but now it's like 
it, it, it has it's, brought him back because everybody needs it. Yeah. Now, now he can push on. He can because, just ram on. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great album. Like you said earlier, it's one of those albums where I, I, I might not listen to it all the time, but whenever I, I make the notion to listen to it as a whole, it's easy. It's just a great, it's a great feeling. And yeah, there's some, there's some awesome tracks on this album. And, um, he's has, you know, one of the strongest runs in music history. <laughs> and, uh, this is, this is only, I don't even think this is like the middle point. <laughs> yeah. This is like the first quarter of his music catalog and it's still going and growing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, an awesome album. Um, yeah, one of my favorites and uh yeah one of the first indie albums for sure check it out till next time yeah.